Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, senior writer at Heavy.com and the host of the Scoop B radio podcast. You know, I got to check out my guy, Austin D, because he's making it happen on Austin D Radio. Thanks for the intro, Scoop. You guys are tuned in to another episode of Austin D Radio with your boy, Austin D. And on this episode, we'll be discussing how both LA teams are faring within their playoff matchups. A former NBA star takes another shot at LeBron James, who was the best point guard in the league between Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. And a brand new edition of the Fire Round that highlights a day in basketball and hip hop history that never took place. But before we get started, I have the man who was taller than six foot five and still cannot dunk the ball on a Tykes basketball hoop. You guys can find him on Instagram at underscore it's soul world the one and only mr dennis huston joins me in the building what's up man what's up man you already know i get i'm the dunk champ any basketball court i step on i do this oh really i am the unstoppable force hmm. well i could have been lebron james hmm. <laughs> well, i could have been stealth kd james oh man this guy here man <laughs> man before anyway anyway before we go ahead and get started into the actual basketball topics a special shout out to toronto raptors head coach nick nurse he has re- just recently been named the 2019 2020 nba head coach of the year he had a 46 and 18 record which placed them second within the eastern conference and also before we go ahead and get into the laker topics monday august 24th will officially be kobe day in orange county california uh, shout out to Kobe, man. It still feels surreal. It just, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right in my heart. Again, my heart goes out to him and his family. But to go go on to some more lighter news, the Lakers did get a bounce back win in their series against the Trailblazers, where they won by a score of one eleven to eighty eight. Anthony Davis led the way with thirty one points, eleven rebounds, and just had an all around good night. So, Dennis, I'm gonna kick it off with you with this. How were how'd you feel about the Lakers' response after that game one loss to the Blazers? I mean, when you really look at it, when you think about it, the Lakers was in position of like they put themselves in a the position to win game one. They just, you know, game time kicked in. Like the, the the watch was ticking and he he showed up. He he did what he had to do. But at the end of the day, this is LeBron James we talking about. LeBron James probably looked at that first loss they took in the series and was like, Okay, we done had our fail out game. Now, you know, coaching adjustments, you know. And at the end of the day, Portland don't have nobody that could stop him or Anthony Davis. So it's like Anthony Davis looked at like he was a man amongst boys just game two. Nobody they threw on him could stop him. And and for me, I think I think the thing was between game one and game two, um, Anthony Davis did put up, I believe he had 28 points in game one, 38 points in game two. It wasn't so much as more of the points. It was the fact that he was more efficient. You could saw he was being more aggressive, not necessarily floating, floating out to the rim that he normally was. And just for me, besides Anthony Davis, it was a nice fact. You know, LeBron got, he didn't have to do a whole lot. I thought, for me, I thought LeBron's going to have like a 30, 15, and 10 type of triple-double type game. He only had 10 points. And then it was ni- really nice to see um, KCP step up. And the man had 16 points. It was nice to see a sighting from KCP. Because let me tell you that, Twitter, NBA Twitter, you know how NBA Twitter gets. It was not nice to Danny Green or Contavious Caldwell Pope. It was nice to see those two bounce back and have, you know, decent to okay uh, games from the three-point line where they made, where the whole team made 14 threes in total. And I thought that was something that was very important because what that does, that kind of spaces out the floor where kind of saw in game one where Portland was running that double big lineup with Nurkic and Asan Whiteside, and you saw the paint was really clogged up. And so with the Lakers making outside shots, I thought that really helped tremendously in it. Uh, just over helping the Lakers space the space the floor, you know, kind of have Le, have LeBron and other teammates, you know, be able to get to the basket a whole lot easier. Even with the minutes that Anthony Davis played the five in game two, 
it actually kind of helped the Lakers because Anthony Davis is a once in a generation type of player. Like he's six eleven with a jump shot, and he has point guard skills. So him being at the five, even though he he said himself he doesn't like playing the five position, it helps places the floor for the Lakers. And one more thing, while we're on the Lakers topic, LeBron can't get a break no matter how good he does. And I, me not being a me not even being a big LeBron fan, I get tired of hearing it. This man had a triple double in Game One, and people said this man has to play more aggressive and more assertive in the game, like make his presence felt. And he has ten points in Game Two, and they still blew them out. I mean, it was like a thirty-plus point lead, like midway through the third quarter. I'm like, yeah, I'm like. After that, I mean, even before that, like going into halftime, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this game already won. Cause I remember I was texting you during the game. I'm like, yo, Dennis, I, I see what you're saying, bro. Like, they, they, they have nobody to guard LeBron. Ain't nobody in the world gonna stop AD. And you saw, you saw, I don't know if you saw that move, but AD was literally in his bag. I remember he went baseline over, um, I forgot who, I forgot who was guarding him. I think it was Hassan Whiteside. But the man literally went between the legs, turn, spin move, hit the jump. So I'm like, yo, AD in his bag tonight. It, he he was on something else on, on game two. I was like, he this the Anthony, this the New Orleans Anthony Davis. This the Anthony Davis I was looking forward to. It, it, exactly, and also, you know, I'm I'm not always a big fan of plus minus, but it does tell a story, you know, in, in advanced stats and whatnot. But compared to game one, Anthony Davis had a plus thirty two rating in game two compared to his negative twenty in game one. So I thought that was I thought that was another interesting stat as well. Oh, like LeBron has ten points. In, like y'all was the same people that said, oh, he need to be more aggressive, and they still want without him doing much. Right. But anyway, also moving on to the other L.A. team in the bubble, that's right, the Los Angeles Clippers. They just came off of a victory against the Dallas Mavericks by a score of 130 to 122. Kawhi Leonard led the way with 36 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. You know, there, there was some beef with Luka Doncic and Montrez Harrell within that game as well. They were beefing a little bit, you know, a little, little bit of bickering back and forth. But Dennis, let me ask you this. With Luca um having that ankle sprain, how do you see this series going? Because of course the Mavericks are playing hard, but you no, know, Clippers just have that overall depth, you know, perimeter defenders, shot makers, that dog in their team. How do you feel this series is turning and do you still stand on your prediction? I still stand on my prediction. Reason why Luca ain't gonna be a hundred percent. We already know this. But Dallas plays with this kind of aura of like any punch y'all throw at us, we're gonna punch back. Like even yesterday. Like last night when the game is going on, Clippers took off at one point where they got off to like a 17, 19 point lead and Dallas cut it short. Like in less than two minutes, it was back to an eight point game. It's like you really can't knock Dallas off because of the offensive philosophy, how they run their system on the offensive side of the court. So even with Luka being hurt, I still got it going to seven because it's something about the way Dallas plays that I, like, really enjoy watching them. And Playoff P ain't no more Playoff P. But now I don't even want to go want to hear that name anymore because he never shows up in the playoff. So stop calling yourself that. Just be, like, regular season Paul George. Because regular season Paul George is very needed at this point. Because Clippers, to be honest, could have lost yesterday too. And I remember I, I remember I was texting you throughout the game. You know, we, we were texting. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I, I I picked the Clippers in six, but I'm like, yo, the, Ma- the Mavericks, I'm like, hey, they might take game one until Chris Stops got ejected for that bogus technical foul and basically threw him out of the game. And then you saw how they bounced back in game two, kind of just basically blew the Clippers off the floor. And then game three, it, it, was, a, it was another close contested game. Even though they did start off a little cold, 
they were able to bounce back. They made 17, 17 out of 43 three-pointers. And, you know, you know, one person that kind of surprised me, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he surprised me because he started to look a whole lot like his brother. Seth Curry kind of looked like Steph Curry out there. I'm like, I'm like, yo, this man getting his bag. This man even got fouled on a three-point shot and he get called for a foul. But I'm just like, yo, like this Mavericks team is something serious for the future, especially with them building around Chris Tops and Luka. I'm like, yo. NBA better watch out for the next few years. If Luka didn't get hurt, the game was getting kind of close before Luka got hurt. Because Luka started getting his bag a bit. But once he got hurt, that's when Clippers kind of took off on their run. And then Dallas had to play catch up. And you know, in the playoffs, playing catch up is not a good thing. Once a team is up by like 20, 25, yeah, you got a, a very high leap to climb. It's, it's, it's kind of hard, especially in the playoffs when the game is much slower down. Right. And all right, let me let me say this before before we kind of move on. Do who do you have winning game four? Clippers, Mavs, because because it, it's been reported that Luca possibly come back for game four is kind of questionable. I got Dallas winning game four. OK, because I I want to talk about, like I said, I, I brought it up earlier in the topic. You know, Luca and Montrez, you know, beefing during game three. Um, Look, we, we both we were both like, hey, man, like if we're going to watch this bubble, we want some action. So how how you feeling about this bubble beef as what as what you uh as what I would call it? How you feeling about this bubble beef? Is it entertaining for you? Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean these people they literally kind of stuck in one area. So it's like it could be a collection of things that's really bothering people. And you know, but I was on Luca's side because Montrez was flopping. He did flop. It's like, come on, bro. Luca ain't even that strong to be like for you to be falling, bro. Like, really? Luca comes off as a nice guy. He really does. Yeah, but Luca, Luca has that that kind of personality where it's like he's not backing down from nobody. He might look like he's quiet, but when it comes down to it, it's like nah, bro. Like you do, you doing to it again. The reason I like this, and I'm, again, I'm on Luca's side, is because I'm like, yo, I, and I I was kind of I was kind of waiting for this, and I and Dennis, I remember I texted you just just before the podcast. I'm like, yo, because I, I was I was watching the uh, the Bucks and the Orlando Magic game. Bucks won, by the way. They beat the Magic. They're up 2-1. But I know you saw that fight between Marvin Williams and um James Ennis. James Ennis. Correct. Right, right. And I was like, yo, I- I'm feeling this, man. I'm like, mm. like it's, it's getting a little, it's getting a little spicy here. Then I remember earlier in the bubble, you had Kyle Lowry and Aaron Gordon going at it. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, hey, this this beef really kind of, you know, I- I'm really liking this. You know, I-, I I see why how you stuck up in one place, you know, it kind of be irritating, but I'm like, yo, I'm really. I'm re- I'm really liking the beef, man. I'm like, yo, these these guys got more beef than Wendy's. You feel me? Where's the beef? Like it's the intensity. It's the intensity, yo. Like look at look at look how the the magic and um Bucks uh, situation happened today. They was getting smoked, so they was already mad. Like Bucks was clearly out playing them, and it's like you we know how basketball get like. We get we kind of get frustrated at some point, so kind of like I mean we don't try to do things maliciously, but some things just get taken out of hand. All right, moving on to our next topic, man. Uh, I'm kind of getting tired of this dude, Dennis. But anyway, NBA analyst Paul Pierce claims that LeBron James should no longer be in the goat conversation if they were to lose in the first round to the Portland Trailblazers. Now we did we did say both of us said look. Uh, at least I said, I'm like, look, out of respect for Dame and what he's done throughout the whole NBA bubble, I wouldn't be surprised if the series goes six. I still got my Lakers winning six because I really do believe the burden that Dame is carrying along with just the overall talent between Anthony Davis and LeBron is going to be too much for the Portland Trailblazers to overcome. Paul Pierce, you, 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 signed a, you signed a real ignorant on this one, okay? And, and 
and I know I remember going back and reading an article, um, according to Bleacher Report back in 2014, back when Paul Pierce, you know, bounced from Boston and he went to Brooklyn. But he said the beef wasn't personal. Yet, yeah, Paul, it is personal. We, so we we really gonna act like we really gonna act like this man after after you bust him after you bust him up in 2010. I'll give you that. You guys bust him up in 2010. You mad when this man bust you out the playoffs, Eastern Conference semifinals? This man bust you out in five games, hit hit two three pointers over you, and in 2012 dropped 45 and 15 in Game Six, got you up out of Boston, and then guess what? He bust you behind over there in Brooklyn too with KG because you know KG went with him over there in Brooklyn too, try to form that super team with age of superstars to end up Morgan in the future, so on and so forth. But Dennis, what is your thoughts on this Paul Pierce LeBron beef? Now, I, when I first heard about it, I was like, hmm. Paul Pierce might have a point. But then I noticed that might be the side of me like being a bit of a LeBron hater was talking. So then reality set in. And I was like, hmm, LeBron should never be excluded from the GOAT conversation. Even though Michael Jordan is my GOAT, he can be part of the conversation. LeBron James earned that right to be part of the conversation. But if he was to lose to the Blake, the to the Portland Trail Blazers in the first round, I do believe it would be very detrimental to his legacy because LeBron never lost the first round series. So for you to be held such on a high stature, on a high pedestal, if you were to not beat the Portland Trailblazers, I honestly think it would hurt LeBron case very bad. Bro, but this is my thing, right? People act like Jordan hasn't been busted busted out of the playoffs, the first round of the playoffs ever in his career, especially early in his career. People act like that never happened. People act like, Jordan was just Jordan's uh, resume was just so squeaky clean that he never, you know, faced any adversity. That like he just won six titles, went six and zero with six Finals MVPs. So I'm 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 really I'm really trying to figure that out. And then two, Kendrick Perkins basically clapped back to Paul Pierce. So that should tell you something because we're talking about the same Kendrick Perkins that was on the same team as Paul Pierce clapping back at Paul Pierce. So what is what does that say? Paul Pierce, the beef is personal. Just, we we all know that, and then we're not just gonna act like this man hasn't had bad takes before. This man said he was he had a better career than D Wade. Yeah, when he said that, I was like, I don't know what world you live in, but okay. Like, and I don't mean to discredit this man, you know, because of course, because it, there is a certain jump when you jump from the locker room to the analyst table, right? But Paul, some, Brett, some of his takes just be so. It, 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 It'd it be so ignorant as to why, it, it, you know, it's one thing if your takes were, okay, da-da-da-da, you know, I said this about LeBron, you know, and you're stating actual facts. But, Paul, you, you're going based off of personal bias and personal history. The thing about you saying, like, people are always talking about Michael Jordan, like, his his resume is squeaky clean. I don't think is that, I don't think people look at his legacy or his, like, accolades as being squeaky clean. I think it's the fact that we say when Michael Jordan found his niche and he finally like figured it out, the man was like flawless the rest of his career. Like it was nothing that in the world that could stop Michael Jordan once he figured it out. No, but Dennis, I see where I see. I really see where you come from. But we, but let's not just sit here and act like LeBron hasn't faced some of the toughest teams to get to an NBA at least to a finals, right? Let's remember 07. The man had to get through the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. You remember that 48-point game he dropped? This man had to get through Boston. This man had to get through Indiana. You know, whether you believe Paul, Paul George was still a baby at the time or not. Remember, they had David West. They had Roy Hibbert. They had George Hill. That team, that team was stacked. 
let, let, let's not let's not get it twisted. And then the man had to get through Golden State without Kyrie, without Kevin Love in 2015. Then the man came back, bounced back with Kyrie, dropped 41 piece in game five and game six. Only person to average a triple double in the NBA finals and came back from a 3-1 deficit against a 73 and 19. But I but I, I digress. I digress. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, stay tuned. We'll be right back after the short break. Stay tuned. Stay locked. You ever thought about starting your own podcast? What better time than now? I mean, we are stuck in quarantine, right? While most people see it as a tall task, Buzzsprout makes starting a podcast easier than ever before. Trust me, I was scared to start my podcast too, but it has easily been the best decision I have ever made. Buzzsprout offers you the proper tools to launch a professional podcast and have your episodes listed to all major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. You'll also have a professional-looking website for your podcast with features including audio players you can drop on other websites, detailed stats to see how people are listening to your show, tools to promote your episodes, and much more. Buzzsprout will be committed to helping you succeed in your podcast journey as they upload weekly blogs, videos, and resources to help you navigate the ins and outs of podcasting. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, go to the link listed in the show notes. It lets Buzzsprout know that your boy Austin D sent you and helps support the show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy Austin D, man. I'm still here with my man Dennis. You guys can find his Instagram at underscore it's so world but dennis moving on to our next topic before we get into the fire round i don't know if you saw it on inside the nba but kennedy jess smith he was uh he basically stated that dame lillard has more range than steph curry steph curry fired back on instagram he was like i love you kenny but you're chipping right now man so dennis between the two dame lillard steph curry taking you know the whole their whole bodies of work what they've done this this far who are you taking as the better point guard in the nba right now i'm still taking steph curry i'm always gonna take steph curry why is that he has some he's done accomplished more than damian lillard i actually like his game more than damian lillard like this is the thing because i actually had a debate about this yesterday and people was like why would i pick steph curry and Kyrie, a healthy Kyrie Irving, over damian lillard they both have more more playoff experience than damian lillard and championship experience i said they both play extremely better when they have another partner in crime on the court. Now, the only thing I do put over, put Damian Lillard over Kyrie Irving is a leader. I don't think he's a better leader than Steph Curry. Steph Curry, like, almost opposes his will on the rest of the team and everybody else follows. Now, I don't see Damian Lillard fold under pressure a lot. Yeah, he have his, his moments in the playoffs, but when you, if you really notice when Damian Lillard comes across a team that has, like, great perimeter defenders, he's not always there to be found. Like, if you take it 25 shots to see 20 points, like, every game, that's bad. And look how Lakers play in him now. Like, Damian Lillard ain't looking like the Damian Lillard before the playoffs. You know why? Because they playing physical. They taking them full court press. They doubling him every time he come off the screen. That's the whole game plan. Make it hard for him. Once he make it hard for him, he start being a bit predictable because he don't drop to the wreck as much as you think he would. Right. And for me, I'm siding with you on this one, even though, like I said, I, I love I don't, I, don't, I don't want people to get it twisted. I love Steph Curry. I remember the first time I even heard the name Steph Curry. It was during that 08 NCAA Elite Eight run that he had with Davidson. So I, I will always definitely 
be a fan of Steph Curry. Now, now I mean, I'm a fan of Golden State. I just, I'm just a fan of, of Steph Curry. Shout out to Marissa Stubbs. I know, I know she's a huge Warriors fan. Even though I think she's a bandwagon fan, that, that's regardless of the fact. But when we're talking about the two head-to-head, according to the landofbasketball.com, you're right. You're right. Steph Curry has basically been outplaying Damian Lillard and putting up better stats. So looking at some of the games between the two, uh, Steph Curry's been putting up 31 points per game, 31.1 points per game. James been putting up 26. We can round out to 27 points per game. Between the two, Steph is Steph has won the most games out of the out of their meetings. He's won 24 out of the 30 meetings that they met against each other. Steph's been putting up the better stats. For for me, for me, when it when it comes to arguments like this, between, you know, of course, with Steph being out with a hand injury, his team's out in the bubble, kind of kind of has been like, you know, like a down year for the Warriors. Um, if you want to say that. But I just think it's a um in the terms of recency, recency bias, you know. Of course, we're seeing we're seeing Dame, you know, put you know, Dame time, you know, tapping on his wrist is Dame time pulling up from 35, almost 40 feet within the bubble, putting up averaging averaging about 50 points per game in the seeding games. Like all that is good. But let's I think people forget Steph Curry is a three-time NBA champion. He's a two-time MVP. One of those unanimous. I'm still mad about that because that should have been LeBron back in his days in Miami. But People got to put some respect on Steph's name. Like, they they, they got to. I, I, like, I'm, t- I'm really tired of the disrespect. No matter how much this man shimmies, this man does get the job done. This man is out. And we're not going to act like this man ain't put up a four. You, I, I know you remember back. I believe it was in 20, I want to say it was 2016, 2017. I, f- I forgot when it was. But I remember they had a game in Portland where Steph Curry was injured. He came back during that. He came back. Um, he had missed the previous game with an injury. He came back and scored 40 points on Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers and the, the uh, Golden State Warriors end up winning the series. So we're, we're not just going to throw disrespect on Steph Curry's name. I, I do get tired of that. I'm not going to lie because the boy is talented. And and let's just not act like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson did not evolution, evolutionize the game of basketball where dudes are you know more confident and more willing to pull up from what we thought used to be bad shots with from like 30 plus feet. Like you see Dame and Trey doing it. So I'm tired of the disrespect when it comes to that. But in terms of outplaying each other, Steph has definitely done that during his career. And speaking of the whole who has more range, I don't know if people like really looked at the stats, but Steph Curry is clearly smoking Damian Lillard when it comes to shooting shots 30, 35 feet and beyond. Steph Curry's shooting percentage, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is 48. Damian Lillard, I think, is 33. And he done took like 117 threes like that, I think. And Curry done took maybe a few lesser lesser shot attempts than that, but he's shooting at a higher percentage. So let's just cut it out that, oh, Damian Lillard is like, it's the new standard of shooting these logo shots as if Curry wasn't already making like half court shots all net. Right. And also, also according to Land of Basketball, the, the, what I just referenced, do people not know? That this man, that this man, Dame has not beat Steph Curry in the playoffs once. Steph Curry is ten and zero when the when the Warriors go up against the Trailblazers in the playoffs. No, and trust me, I love me some Dame. I love Dame Tom. I love Dame Dollar. But let, let's not just act like this man when it comes to Steph Curry. Let, let's just not act like Steph Curry doesn't show up to play because Steph does show up to play, especially against Dame Lillard. And at the end of the day, people are doubling Dame and Lillard. Nobody ain't doubling Steph Curry. I don't think you want to try to do that, man. But anyway. Moving on to the fire round. That's right, man. Somebody rang the alarms. Dennis, I know I sent you this story the other night. I know you was like, man, this is a good one. So basically, to all my basketball basketball and hip-hop historians, I meant to mention this last week, but 
Dennis, do you realize August 15th, 2003, the greatest Rucker Park game in history was supposed to go down between Fat Joe and Jay-Z's teams where, where the likes of LeBron James, Shaq, Carmelo, Yao Ming, T-Mac, all these guys were supposed to show up at Rucker Park. And unfortunately, there was a blackout that happened with, with, when it shut down the whole city. And the reason I brought this up to you, because I know originally you're a native from New York. So do you, do you remember this? And, you know, how, how were you feeling back in, you know, kind of back in 03, you know, when, when this, when this transpired and we never got the greatest game of basketball that we could have uh, ever seen? Like, yo, to this day, and I was a kid, I was a kid, yo. But like, to think that Fat Joe and Jay-Z were to create a basketball game at Rucker Park, and Rucker Park is the mecca, like, if you're a basketball player in the NBA or in the NCAA, like playing at Syracuse or uh, anything in New York area, if you've never touched a Rucker Park court or never been to a Rucker Park game, you are missing out. Like Rucker Park is like the standard of basketball. You have to touch the Rucker Park court if you're an NBA player. Like the fact that Fat Joe, Fat Joe had Jermaine O'Neal, Stephon Marbury, Wayfair Alston, uh, Yao Ming, Amari, Carmelo, Chris Lover, AI, like, and you got Jay Z with um, Sebastian Telfair and Jamal Crawford and LeBron and T Mac and Shaquille. Like, this could have been like the greatest street basketball game to ever exist. Like, just by the names alone, what other, we not seeing that kind of basketball game in the NBA. That's never happened. An all star game can't even have that much star power. Like, no, but. Like it could have been something very special. Even Jay Z tried to line up cars for them to like put they they uh, headlights on the court to get the game. But the police shut it down. So it's like, damn! Like the the potential of the greatest street basketball game to ever happen got shut down. I know, man. I was like, cause cause I remember it, I brought it up. I'm like, I feel I feel like I want to put someone this run. I'm like, let me come. I was I was trying to you know I was fidgety about what I wanted to put in the fire run. I was like, hold up. And I and I remember this. Originally, I didn't know about this until I saw um this documentary. Documentary got suggested on my YouTube timeline. I'm like the blackout documentary. I'm like, I wonder what this is about. And I ended up watching. I'm like, yo, and you, and you remember? I don't know if you saw the, you saw the documentary yet, right? So you you remember they, they were having originally they were having games, you know, at like you know these these packed out high school gyms, and and you was and the people was like, yo, like imagine imagine if we get some of these NBA dudes to show up. And like, I'm just like, yo, I'm like, that's crazy. And knowing the history of Rucker Park, just like you said, it's the Mecca of basketball. And you're not a real hooper if you've never um, hooped at Rucker. Like, look at the names. Like I said, Kobe, Amari, yeah, Dr. J, Wilt Chamberlain, KD, who dropped, who dropped 66 at Rucker Park. You're not a real hooper if you ain't hooped at Rucker. I'm just going to say that. Even though even though you technically ain't messing with KD, you, you can still appreciate it during that time. Because, look, dr- dropping 66, regardless, is amazing. But when you do it at Rucker Park... You got the fans storming. You got the MC, you know, you know, you know, all out over the microphone. You got just the fans and the, and you know, just the aura of of the um of the location. It's like, yo, it cannot get any better than that. That because that's where the lights shine the brightest. Like if you if if you're a real star, you a real hooper, hoop at Rucker. Even even Jamal Crawford said it. Jamal Crawford said a lot of NBA players don't. He don't think a lot of them would be able to handle the pressure playing that Rucker part. It's just flat out different than the, the traditional uh game in the NBA because you're like, yo, yeah, you might be used to 20, 30,000 fans, but guess what? This is something different. 
You know, the, the, these dudes, and, and you lucky social social media wasn't really around back then. But just imagine if if you was to you know lay a goose egg at Rucker, people people gonna be talking. It's it's gonna be word of mouth, and you know somebody from New York like you, you you know how word of, how word of mouth can get around real quick. Well, and if you had a bad game and didn't show up, you would get especially if social media was like popping back then. Oh, you would have got crucified. You would have got dragged. Right, right. But man, anyway, I, man, my man Dennis Hudson, thank you again for joining me on my podcast that's right austin d radio man if you guys want to get in touch with dennis or follow him on his battle rap career man that's right man you guys can find his instagram at underscore is so world man you got any shout outs you want to go before you leave the studio man man just shout out to everybody who's staying healthy and safe during this pandemic at the end of the day i want everybody to stay blessed be great get your money and at the end of the day we all know the greatest level of potential is finding your own and creating it that's right man thanks again dennis thanks for joining me in the studio man i'll talk to you later what's up y'all it's your boy austin d here and thanks for tuning in to another episode of austin d radio if you would like to catch up on any of the previous episodes you guys can find the podcast on your apple podcast spotify and iHeartRadio apps all you have to do is type in austin d radio also, if you want to stay up to date on topics for upcoming episodes, you guys can follow me on Instagram at underscore just Austin D. And remember, Austin D Radio is home of all trending NBA news.